We learn that in 1999, the Museum of Modern Art presented the exhibition titled The Museum as Muse, Artists Reflect, assembling the works of 60 artists who took the museum as their subject. From Roger Fenton's 1857 photograph of copyists in the British Museum's Gallery of Antiquities to a video of Andrea Fraser's performance as mock docent in the Wadsworth Athenaeum from 1991, the show displayed artists' engagement with an institution central to their education, career development, and canonization. Their attitudes were wide-ranging. Instead, Barbara Fisher turns to such moments of pause and questioning in the work of contemporary poets. She assembles an analogous collection of responses to the museum in poetry, analyzing poems that foreground and interrogate an art museum setting. Poets, like artists, approach the museum as an arena of perception, but because the museum is not their primary institution, they stand at further remove. They enter the provinces of the visual arts as observers, admirers, and even as interlopers, and they often tell about their encounters through an established mode in their own medium, the medium of words. And the way they do that is often termed ekphrasis, this term for the traditional subgenre of poems about works of art derives from a rhetorical device for vivid description, for telling in full. Poets describe or question works of visual art by summoning the pliability and eloquence of their own medium, the medium of words. As James Heffernan defines the mode, ekphrasis is the verbal representation of visual representation, an exchange by which one medium is translated into the signs of another. Fisher would expand this definition to reflect the fact that contemporary ekphrastic poems may address non-representational visual works or may not quote-unquote represent their subjects at all, riffing off their visual sources more tangentially or interrogatively. Ekphrasis is in poetry, to use Cole Swenson's practical definition, the product of a writer's contemplation before a painting, sculpture, Grecian urn, Achillean shield, or other specific work of art. That product or poem may take a variety of forms, from a sonnet to a collage of verbal fragments, and that act of contemplation may be sparked by images in books or magazines, on billboards, stages, or screens, but for contemporary poets, standing before a work of art does most often situate them in a museum. That from Barbara K. Fisher in her study, Museum Mediations. For poets, standing before a work of art most often situates them in a museum setting, Fisher says and such standing before paintings in a museum on the part of a poet is at the foundation of a new collection by poet Marjorie Maddox. But what makes this volume so much richer is revealed by the title. The title is In the Museum of My Daughter's Mind. The work is a collaborative project involving poet Marjorie Maddox and artist Anna Lee Hafer, Marjorie's daughter. The book is set to be released on Mother's Day, May 14th by Shanti Arts. 
in anticipation there will be a mother-daughter book signing at the Auto Bookshop in Williamsport Friday, May 5th, first Friday. WVIA's Mindy Kronk had a chance to speak by phone with Marjorie Maddox about the new book. This kind of has a backstory. So I began writing about art. Well, I've been writing about art off and on for many years. But in 2018, my daughter and I took a trip to the American Visual Art Museum in Baltimore. And we particularly wanted to go because I had seen a social media posting of this artist, Margaret Munchlash. And she had several paintings of her daughter, which were just beautiful But they were also alarming because when you looked more closely, one of the portraits, the child was entirely made up of maggots. And the other, the daughter was entirely made up of bees. So it was both beautiful and dangerous and just captivating. And I also got to see the work of Greg Mort, who has paintings at the Smithsonian, paintings at the White House, and then a number of other artists, Anton Mikaz, Ingo Swan. Kristen Twomley, who had an entire display of Edgar Allan Poe made up of peeps, those marshmallow treats for Easter. So I wrote a series of nine poems based on that exhibit. And it was kind of a bonding experience for my, for my daughter and, uh, and myself. She was an art student at the time in Rochester, New York at college. Later, I, I did a whole collaborative book with the photographer Karen Elias, and Karen also has work in this new book. And we came out last year with a book called Heart Speaks is Spoken For. And all of those poems are based on photographs that Karen took of a heart-shaped cracked stone. So then enter my, my daughter. I was teaching at Lock Haven University, and I teach creative writing, among other things. And my students were writing poems about art, and I was showing them several web pages, and I decided just kind of on a whim to show them my daughter's web page, and they were just captivated and and intrigued, and several of the students wrote poems based on my daughter's work. So I thought, well, gee, I should do this too. And I just got on a roll, and I ended up with 18 poems about my daughter's artwork. Much of her work deals with pouring layers of paint, and she often kind of weaves in, in a kind of collage effect, words and phrases throughout the painting. So often I'll repeat these words and phrases in different poems. Other of her paintings are, are quite abstract. And I'm, I thought I would first read her artist statement about this piece called The Letter E, and then describe the painting a little bit, and then read the poem that goes with it. So her statement about it is, The Letter E is a painting that questions how we absorb new information. This piece was inspired by a child penalized for asking a brilliant, creative, out-of-the-box question In class, where the focus of the day was the letter E, does a strictly regulated and enforced schedule hurt more than help our brain's ability to absorb new information? So this abstract painting, it's it's kind of hard to describe. That's why I'd say go to her website, paper.org. But it almost looks like kind of a whirlwind or a whirlpool with the letter E kind of precariously on the edge or the rim of this whirlpool. And then Way down below, you can see a building, which I kind of interpreted as a school building. And, um, you know, I was starting to think about how do we teach people, how do we encourage creativity or discourage it in schools. So I wrote this poem in response, and it's a villanelle, which you'll see repeats certain lines in a set pattern. The letter E, after the painting by Anna Lee Hafer. 
Don't distract me with questions. Those extraneous detours that topple learning, E and only E is today's lesson. The enemy of schedules is curiosity, omissions necessary for well-paced delivery. We yearn for no distractions. Don't ask me questions. Time-wasting, silly discretions of how and why. Pay attention. Our concern is E and only E. Today's lesson is letter five. Your inquisitive obsessions are enemies of order. Don't ruin class by distracting me with questions. Creativity's the one transgression I won't allow. Sit still. Don't squirm. E and only E is today's lesson. Up next, the letter F, natural progression of learning. Quiet, it's not your turn to talk. Don't distract me with questions. E and only E is today's lesson. And of course, you know, I don't adhere to that philosophy, but, you know, I think it's important to, to talk about the way we encourage creativity in, in young students. It's a form of listening but through the eyes, what I'm hearing you describe by looking at her work and then reflecting on it and writing. Right. And that's one of the things that I really love about ecrastic work is that you are not summarizing, but you're trying to kind of enter into the painting or the photograph or the movie or another poem. You're trying to enter into these pieces and engage with them. And sometimes that makes you reflect on things in society, sometimes things about yourself. Sometimes you feel like you become something in the painting, but it's a way, a nice kind of jumping off point to talk about the experience of the painting because all art, you know, it's very hard to paraphrase, right? You have to experience. And that's kind of what you're doing, jumping off and involving yourself in the work of art and then kind of recording your experiences for others. What did you learn about your daughter doing this collaboration, whether it was reflecting on her work or or the process of preparing a book to be published? That was a really wonderful experience for me because it really gave us a chance to come together and create this this whole collection together. When I worked with Karen Elias, a photographer, we kind of went back and forth. And sometimes the poem was written first, and sometimes the photograph was taken first. But in this case, all the paintings were were done already. And so it helped to have the artist statements, her kind of explanation or her response to them. But, you know, it opened up all these opportunities for us to talk about what she saw in the painting and herself and what she thought about when she was creating it. And then that gave me something to go off of. Sometimes I would kind of start and I would want to make sure that I was going in the right direction and presenting the ideas that she was thinking of as well. You know, I didn't want to completely contradict what she was thinking. And pretty often, you know, I would say most of the time she would say, yeah, that's that's what I was going for. And so that was a really nice experience to feel like we were on the same wavelength and understanding how each other think and create. And even though they're two different areas of art, a lot of the process is the same. And I think understanding each other as artists was a real gift in this whole process. And the cover of the book is 
one of Anna's paintings, the library. Yeah, in fact, that is hanging in my living room. My husband uh, gave it to me for Christmas a few years ago, bought it from Anna Lee. She wanted to give it to us, but we also wanted, you know, to buy it, to acknowledge her as a, a working artist. And so it's just delightful to me to have it over an armchair that's very similar to this one. And you can kind of see on this cover, and those of you who are listening, if you go to her website, you can see how there are some words kind of woven throughout. And so my poem responding to this particular image is what's called the pantoum, where you have the first and third lines repeated. It's kind of a weaving in of the words. The lines from one stanza are repeated in another stanza, and then you take two different lines and repeat them throughout. So I use a lot of the words and phrases that she has woven throughout the painting. And it's It's the first poem in the collection, and it really emphasizes this idea of the importance of imagination and allowing yourself choice. You'll see that there's kind of a splatter-looking type thing on the the image, and and one of the things that comes out is, you know, a splatter is not a mistake. It's a choice. The rest of the image is a little more realistic, but if you look more closely, you see that this room with a chessboard and an armchair and bookcases appears to be on the top of a building. So there's those surrealistic qualities to the painting as well. A lot of her work has to do with kind of switching the interior and exteriors. So you have to think, rethink about, you know, where you're situated, where you're located, and what's real and, and what's not, I guess. And one of the things I noticed about her website is with her work that's on there, she provides images of of smaller sections of the whole picture. So you can really zone in on what you're describing, whether it's the abstract paint there or the chessboard and the, the phrases that you've mentioned that she incorporates. So her website is so visually detailed. It's it's lovely to get a sense of it through the medium of the computer. Yes. Yes, and that's one of the things that I think is so nice is to be able to kind of zone in, particularly on those words and phrases that you might not notice at first, because some of them are quite small, but uh, they add another level of meaning to the painting and uh, and also, I guess, to the poem as well. But yes, that, that really intrigued me, the idea of using paint and words as a poet, that, that really drew me in. You know, how do these words also add to this? to the painting. They're kind of like a poem within the, the painting, you know, to just find the different words and phrases. and kind of a puzzle, too. Yeah, I agree. Will you be doing any book signing events, the two of you? We will. We have a few things scheduled right now, but we'll have something for First Friday at Otto's Bookstore in Williamsport. So that's the first Friday of May. And we've also scheduled an exhibit and a reading at the Finger Lakes Reading Series in Dansville, New York. So that will be fun to have the paintings displayed. They're having an opening reception for Anna Lee as an artist, and then I'll be doing a reading of the book. And we've got a couple of Zoom events. We're, we're scheduling a few of those. Spread the word, because we'd love to uh, appear, you know, jointly. She is, uh, my daughter's in the Philadelphia area, and I'm here, but we're trying to kind of meet in several places to promote the book which again will be out on Mother's Day, which of course is very appropriate. <laughs> Tell us where we can learn more about you and your work. My, my website is www.marjoriemaddox.com. 
maddox.com, M-A-D-D-O-X. And you can find on my webpage events that I'm doing, my different books. I write poetry, fiction, creative nonfiction, and children's literature. So those are all on there. Reviews of the book. I do author visits. I do readings around the country. I even gave a, a reading uh, last year, I guess, in, in Thailand via Zoom. So that was interesting and fun. And um, different anthologies and things like that. I've also co-edited with poet Jerry Wimple an anthology on poets writing about Pennsylvania. And right now we're working on a new anthology on Pennsylvania called Keystone Contemporary Poets on Pennsylvania, which will be out in 2025 from Penn State. So there's information about all those things on the website. Poet and editor Marjorie Maddox, professor of English and creative writing at Lock Haven University, speaking with WVIA's Mindy Kronk about a new collection titled In the Museum of My Daughter's Mind, a collaborative project involving poet Marjorie Maddox and artist Anna Lee Hafer, Marjorie's daughter, the book is set to be released on May 14th, Mother's Day, by Shanti Arts. And in anticipation, there will be a mother-daughter book signing at the Auto Bookshop, 107 West 4th Street in Williamsport, first Friday, May 5th, from 6 to 8. For more information on the book and all the rest, MarjorieMaddox.com, M-A-D-D-O-X, that's in the Museum of My Daughter's Mind, issued by Shanti Arts, and it's a collaborative project involving Marjorie Maddox and artist Anna Lee Hafer, and it will be released on Mother's Day, and you can meet them at a book signing at the Auto Bookshop, West 4th Street in Williamsport, tomorrow, tomorrow evening, Friday, May 5th, first Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. Again, for more information, MarjorieMaddox.com. Thank you, Marjorie Maddox, and thank you, Mindy Kronk.